0: Would you trade $200 for $4,000? That's exactly what today's guest is doing with a unique and innovative way to break through the marketing clutter and have real conversations with real prospects and do it at scale. What's up, what's up, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because you can get everything you want in life if you just help enough other people get what they want. That's been the name of the game for Josh Ellidge who runs kind of a modern PR service for small businesses called upmyinfluence.com. Josh came to recognize the power of the media in another business of his, which led to more and more people reaching out with questions on how to get more exposure in the press. So what started as a side project is now a 20-plus person agency with new clients bringing in four to $6,000 in revenue on average. When I ran into Josh at FinCon earlier this year, he told me about some of the media placement results he's getting for customers and about the innovative system he'd built for consistently connecting with new clients. And that's what we're diving into in today's show. If you're a current or aspiring freelancer, consultant, coach, or agency owner, this is going to be gold. Stick around to hear how Josh does his proactive prospecting, how he turns content creation into sales conversations, and the foundational ground game he's got set up that makes this all work. Notes and links for this episode, plus the full text summary with all of Josh's top tips from the call, are at SideHustleNation.com slash Josh. Kind of surprised that one wasn't taking yet. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Josh after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. So how does this look? Well,
1: there's a few things you need. Number one is you need an environment where you can speed date and talk to a lot of people. There's a few platforms and tools that we use that allow us to do that. But number two, along with that, is you can't go into a crowded room full of people with a bad message because, again, now you're being like the me monster and you're just going to blah, blah, blah. You know, People are just going to tune you out. They're going to not have anything to do with you. So there's a few things. The platforms for discovering people that we use are LinkedIn Sales Navigator. We absolutely love it and Dominate it. We got, we've gotten so good at this that we actually had some of our clients when I mentioned that, you know, we're getting booked up two to three weeks out and I have an un, Nick, literally an unlimited number of sales. I could have 20 sales calls a week for the rest of my life. Easy. Hopefully LinkedIn doesn't screw this up. (laughs) It doesn't change it because right now for 80 bucks a month, it is the greatest value in marketing for outreach and connecting and networking and speed networking with people. The other one we do is just basically Just hire a researcher and your job is to search the web. And I want you to look in, in my case, I want you to look at Tampa, Orlando, and Jacksonville, Florida. And I want you to find businesses that fit this demographic. They look like they're earning six figures or more, but largely they've got, it looks like they have some game when it comes to social media. That's kind of our, that's our fit for our our ideal client. Now on LinkedIn Sales Navigator, of course you can be very specific about who exactly you want to talk to. And then you just begin your outreach reach. And you can get right into their inboxes, but you don't want to get into someone's inbox and ask them to buy your stuff. You don't want to be fake. You don't want to be phony. You don't want to offer them like, hey, here's a free white paper you can click on and download. People don't care about that.
0: Before you do that, like what are you doing to narrow down the hundreds of millions of people that are on LinkedIn? So for us, we break it down
1: by geography and also, maybe business industries, we look for certainly business size. So for us, we like to see five to 20 employees is kind of our sweet spot, five, maybe five to 50, any more than 50. And that's they're just going to hire a full service PR firm They're You can't teach an old dog new tricks. And so it's it's not worth it. But yeah, and that, that sweet spot, if, they, if they've got a couple of employees, that's where it starts to look like it might be a good fit for us. So here's the thing. What do you offer? Well, the thing that you offer should match the psychographic profile of the thing you ultimately want to sell. So in our case, well, what do we do about my influence? Well, we make introductions to media influencers, and in some cases, clients. And so we're looking for growth-minded business owners. We're looking for people that want to share their story emotionally, psychologically, they crave more significance in what they do. They're ready to tell their story. They are comfortable getting out, or at least they know they need to get out from behind their computer screen and start getting celebrated for their success. That's a good fit for us as a service provider. We know that. So what can we offer? That's also a good match for that. Well, I could, I've been podcasting for about five, six years. What would happen if I started a podcast and that podcast's only purpose was to invite everybody and anybody who's making six figures in business wants to share their story. They've got some success, and they've got some expertise that they could talk about. Well, that's a good fit for our client, and it also makes a fine guest for a podcast. So the thoughtful entrepreneur, which you can search for right now, and you listen to that show, all I'm doing is I'm talking to prospective sales leads. I'm interviewing them.
0: Okay, so this is through LinkedIn. You found somebody who meets the geography, the size of the company that tends to be a good target customer for you, and then you send them an initial message. And the first message doesn't invite them on the show outright. It's kind of, you're trying to do a little pre-qualification? Oh, no, it does. Well, I want to
1: qualify them first. And then assuming they qualify, then we say, great, I would love to interview you, promote you to our audience. Now, there's a couple of things I have going for me too. And as you get to know, like our philosophy and kind of our movement with Up My Influence, it's all about owning your own authority. It's recognizing the importance of what we present to the internet world and it's managing that. So it's doing things like making sure that you've got business profiles and all of the startup directories. It's making sure that your LinkedIn profile looks amazing, that you've invested in great headshots. Because again, we live in this swipe left, swipe right world. You wanna have a good profile. You wanna have a good dating profile. Now in LinkedIn, you can demonstrate social proof and you can also demonstrate based on how complete you fill in your LinkedIn profile, you can demonstrate just how successful you are. And that's what I do. So I have a really good LinkedIn profile. And by the way, you're welcome to just go on LinkedIn right now. You could search my name, Josh Elledge, E-L-L-E-D-G-E. And you could just copy what I do because I could tell you after years of testing, what I have there works. (laughs) And so just go ahead and copy. You don't even have to let me know you were there. Just feel free to copy everything to your heart's content. But I know that... We're just in this world where with everything we do, we're just asking for a few more seconds of someone's time. And the more time that that we can get from them, time together equals moving the ball forward in terms of relationship working together. So I think you asked earlier, everyone has the potential of being interviewed on the show. I'm not gonna discriminate. Like I'm not gonna do a bait and switch. I'm not, I'm just everybody gets interviewed. And that means a lot of work. So believe it or not, right now we just expanded the thoughtful entrepreneur to seven episodes a week. And I have a backlog of Of, I believe eight to 10 weeks. Like I have that many interviews in the can. I'm doing 10 to 15 interviews a week. And when I say interviews slash sales calls, but I don't consider them sales calls, because in that 30 minutes, I'm going to figure out what the story is really quick. 15 minute interview. Everything is on Zoom, I capture video, and by the way, we also promote the video to our huge audience, Yeah, we have a decent audience on social media, so we're gonna really do them a solid. Our philosophy, Nick, is we do nice things for nice people, and we do it a lot. As many people as we can serve, the better.
0: Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93 percent of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. What does that initial LinkedIn message say? Like, hey, I found your profile. I'd love to interview you on on my Thoughtful Entrepreneur podcast. Like, what is the language of that?
1: Yeah, I ask them if they'd be interested. I I don't want to say too much because I want it to appear as organic and authentic as possible. And so it's been a lot of testing to get that language down. But I can tell you that it's like improv. You know, I, I studied improv. And it's like you build a scene
0: brick by brick.
1: And so similarly, you have to keep your messages just like how
0: normal people talk. Okay, so just like, hey, would you be interested in coming on my show?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's basically it. And if they say, sure, like, I don't give them the link right away. Like, I don't give them the link until like the third back and forth, because I want them to say, yes, it's kind of sales, kind of salesy, too. It's like, you want to build a pattern of them saying yes. And so that's the first, would you be interested and then the next question is, okay, well, you know, were looking for people that they're doing six figures in business, they are otherwise consider themselves thoughtful in business, would that be you? And then they'll say, "Yeah." Yeah, and they'll say, "Great. Here's the link." And that's it. So by the way, all of that is being done by someone on my team. And the link
0: goes to schedule once calendly to book a time.
1: Yep. That goes to my schedule page so you can go to upmyinfluence.com/guest and someone can see exactly what's on that
0: page. All right. Okay. So you go through this process, you kind of identified people who, at least on the surface, look like they're going to be a good fit, both for the show and as a potential Up My Influence client. And so you get them on the call to record this podcast. Tell me about that.
1: It's a Zoom interview, and, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one is that in addition to the podcast, which, you know, the podcast numbers, is not it's not huge. I mean, it's probably three to five hundred on average, per episode. But for a daily show now, that's across the month. That's, you know, not bad for a podcast. But it's kind of irrelevant. No one's really ever asked me, like, how many people are listening. Still, if I get to, if someone's interviewing me in front of three to 500 people, I'm honored. Honored. And trust me, I have done some pretty crappy podcast interviews. Nick, not all of them are you.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm flattered by that. <laughs>
1: you know, a lot of newbie podcasters. I'm pretty easy on that. I'm happy to serve almost any audience. But anyway, I do video because I also, in addition to the podcast, I take that video and I promote it to my social media audience. And we have a pretty decent social media audience. So I'm going to tag them. I'm going to make them look good. Like, I really want to promote that guest. I really want to do a solid for them because it doesn't really cost me that much money. It doesn't really cost me that many resources. I'm getting good content for my audience. Audience. Now, the main reason though, Nick, I'm doing a video interview is because if you do sales, you want the highest touch possible. Phone calls are the worst. You have no idea what I look like, what's going on, the energy, all these other layers of communication don't exist on the phone. And so, if we're doing Zoom or doing video, I can see them, they can see me, they can look into my eyes and hopefully gauge some level of sincerity, you know, they can see my smile, that sort of thing. This is all really important. Like, it it helps us build the relationship. And so, it's a 30-minute call. I book a ton of them every week. I basically max out Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday is wall-to-wall, nothing but sales slash interview calls. And so I've gotten it down so that I can get these done in 30 minutes. Once in a while, we don't. And I have to bump them up, you know, to have them reschedule for another time if we just don't get to the interview. Or sometimes I have to do a little bit of digging to find out what it is that the story is. Um, You know, I have to kind of figure that out a little bit. And once in a while, we just don't get it in.
0: Because you're not doing EO Fire style, where it's the same seven questions every time.
1: Oh no, no, no 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 I'm uh, listen. I love John love the trail that he blazed, but that's just not my style. I kind of geek out on a lot of stuff. like I'm very enthusiastic about what people do and so that helps from a personality standpoint me be able to do this a little bit better. No, no, no. no everything is completely flying by the seat of my pants. I will figure out in advance, like in that little five to 10 minutes while we're talking, usually 10 minutes, I'll kind of figure out what I'm going to ask them about. And it's my natural curiosity. And again, if I'm truly advocating for my audience, I want to ask the questions that are going to bring them the most value. So I'm going to ask some pretty pointed questions. I'm going to ask them about what do you do to grow your business? How do you get more sales leads? So the idea is, is basically, yeah, I, I want to advocate for my audience. But again, 15 minutes goes really, really quick. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it really is. It's about systematizing this process. And so I'm cranking them out. I know how to stop, hit stop and start on Zoom really well. So I do have someone then that goes, grabs that file, grabs the audio file. Trims off a second or two off the beginning and end, but the, otherwise there's no edits. Like I've never had to stop an edit or cut something out because it's so far no one said anything too offensive. So, <laughs> so we're doing good there, but it's not NPR. Like I'll be honest, like I'm not creating audio art, but we take that file. We use Afonic, which is just an online tool. It kind of creates this audio template, and so there's an intro. It's automatically in there. We upload the the interview. There's like maybe two seconds of overlap as the music fades out. That interview kind of comes in, and then it, there's a two second overlap on the on the back end where the outro, and that's it. And so once we upload it to Afonic, Afonic automatically does its thing. By the way, thank you Afonic for sending all the money for this free ad. <laughs> I don't have a business. Rela- I should. I should have a business relationship with them because it's a really great tool. No, I mean this, it's a great service. We use it all the time too. But I hey, think it's almost like only twenty bucks a month, and so it saves us so much time because we don't have to mess with Audacity or GarageBand or any of that stuff. And if you're
0: not doing daily, I should add the free version will, will probably be sufficient.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so then from off on, it, could automatically uploads it to Libsyn, another free ad for those guys. <laughs> But that's what we use. And then Libsyn, of course, puts it everywhere. And then once it's there, we use otter.ai. And that gives us a free transcript. It's machine transcription. So it's not perfect, but it's good enough. And that gives us show notes.
0: Oh, that's a new one for me. Otter.ai. Yeah,
1: I think we pay like 80 bucks a year or something. I I don't know. It's it's something really cheap, though. I've been using Temi, T-E-M-I. Yep. So now we have our transcript. We upload that create a blog post. And then of course, out of that, I'm going to have someone spend like a max of like 30, 45 minutes max putting the post together. So Nick, let me go through the numbers here. By the way, this is the part that you're going to clip out and use as the little teaser. (laughs) What I'm about to say here. So to Nick Loper's editor, get ready. Let's go. Here's how the numbers shake out. For us to give away a podcast to everybody who could potentially be a great partner costs us about maybe $30, $40 per episode. So we're closing 20% of everybody that we do an interview with. Our ALV, our average lifetime value, is somewhere between four dollars to $6,000, I reckon. So what that means is even if it's $40 an episode, 40 times 5 to get our 20%, that's $200 invested in. Every $200 I put in the machine, I get four dollars to $6,000 out. I can do that all day, over and over again, and it's honestly, it, it feels at this point, infinitely scalable. Now we might have, instead of a daily show, we might end up with an hourly podcast. <laughs> I don't know. We could start it. We'll probably start a new one, right? We'll probably have concurrent daily podcasts. And I love it because this is a culture of just Josh up my influence, the thoughtful entrepreneur, just doing nice stuff for people. I don't care if they not, if they never buy my stuff, that's totally cool. I don't I don't need them to buy my stuff. Now, when we finish the interview, I'll ask them, well, "Are you interested in getting more visibility?" Now, because we have a good psychographic match, enough of those people, probably 50% or 70 70 to 80% say yes. Ultimately, probably about with better follow-up, I could probably close much higher than 20%, but they all want what we offer. Now it's helpful. Again, we have good products and services that help with our conversion rate, but man, Nick, show me those numbers on any other platform.
0: Yeah. This is pretty crazy with a serve first mentality, you know, and that's how it cuts through the clutter. It's like, Hey, I want to, I'd love to feature you on my podcast rather than I'd love to get you on a sales call. (laughs) It's just completely different pitch. Yeah. Right.
1: People don't like sales calls unless someone is actively shopping for a solution. And that just doesn't come along very often. I mean, you have to do a lot of work to get to that point. And we do get that. Obviously, we get a lot of word of mouth and that's and that's great. But you can't survive based on that alone, especially in the early days.
0: Right. And so you're you're only limited by the time it takes you to physically sit in the chair and record these interviews. That's right. And I listen, I mean,
1: like I said, I'm doing 10 to 15 interviews a week, and I would be doing them anyway. You think about your first sales call with anyone anyway, is always discovery. What do you do? What do you do? <laughs> And so I'm just turning that into an interview and and turning that into a podcast. Why not?
0: What's the transition like after you stop the recorder to before you hang up the call? Like, what's that transition to say, oh, by the way, I help companies spread their message on the media. You know, I help make these introductions. Like, what is that? Or does it happen on that call? Or do you say, hey, let's set a time to, to chat later if that sounds interesting?
1: Yeah. So normally I do that in the form of a question. Like, I want to find out what their needs are. If they have no need, no desire, like they're good. That's okay. I'm happy. Listen, I'm going to promote them just as hard and heavy as I would somebody who would buy my product. Like everybody gets equal treatment, equal promotion, happy to serve, happy to do nice things for nice people. But yeah. So I'll ask them a question like, are, are you looking for more visibility? Is that, I mean, I was on your website. I noticed you had a couple of media logos. Is that something you're interested in? Do you want more of that? And they'd be like, yeah. And they'll say, great, I'll send you an email follow-up. But in the meantime, here's a link right here. It's a little five-minute video. It'll explain exactly how our media inquiry placement service works. Totally your call. And I'm really, really big on that, Nick. It's like, I, you know, I'll put my hands up and I'm like, it's totally your call. But I should tell you that our other clients, and we are consistently getting them five to 10 media placements every single month. And we do that at one-fifth the cost of a normal PR firm. And so love to talk about it. I'll send you an email follow-up a little bit later. In the meantime, grab this link out of Zoom because when we close Zoom, it's going to go away. So I want that. I mean, it really does, but I mean, it actually works out pretty well, the fact that that happens like that because I want them taking action immediately. Otherwise, they're going to get busy or they're going to forget about it. And everything on the website, like it it just does all the work for me. So by the time then I send them, and I should point this out too, like fortune is in the follow-up and our follow-up system still needs some refining for sure. But one of the first things I do that is exceptionally effective, and I, I really want everybody to, if you do anything like what I do, please test this. Again, here's another free ad. <laughs> and this one's for BombBomb Bomb, or anything where you can send video emails way, way more effective than boring text emails, especially if you're looking to continue that high touch. And so I send video emails. I can bust out a bunch of those. And actually, Nick, a little hack on what I do is I have to always ask myself, what are more efficient ways? Because there's only so many of me, right? And I love serving. I love doing nice things for nice people. But I only have so many hours in a day. So I'm always looking for more efficient ways of doing things. And so here's what we figured out is we go into BombBomb. And normally what most people do is they compose an email and then they record a video and they send the video along with the text email that they wrote up. Well, what I was finding is that that was taking me a long time. And because it took me so long, I wasn't doing it as often as I should be. And so here's what I do now. I go directly into BombBomb and there's a tab that says videos. And Nick, all I do is I'll cut like 20 videos in a row. They're all a couple minutes long. And in that video, I don't send the emails. I don't have to write any emails. All I'm doing is just recording video messages to people. Now, Elisa, who's on my team, who's exceptional, and everybody needs someone like this in their life if you're in business for yourself, but she goes, she watches the videos, and she's already written like hundreds of these email follow-ups. So she, it's, it's a similar formula. Like she has a lot she can copy and paste from, but she takes my video, watches the video, mm-hmm, 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 okay, great. I know exactly what he wants me to send. And then she'll go and she'll create the email, comes from a shared email account that has my name on it. So it sounds like it's coming from me. It's originally, these are all my words, but the in the video is absolutely authentically me, but she sends all the emails. And what I found is that I was able to reduce the amount of time it was taking me by two thirds. So now I can send out, instead only being able to send out eight videos, emails, I can now send out 25 when I sit down and block off like 60 minutes, 60 to 90 minutes. And so that's a really, really good use of my time. I know at the beginning, it's tough. You don't have the budget to hire people to help with this. It's okay. It'll take a couple of years, but as you get there and as you start putting these people in place, it's
0: return on investment is the idea. Did you know that roughly half of side hustle nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands like a tailor for your clothes. T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and someone else hosting this for you? Or is it always got to be Josh in the host chair? That's
1: a really great question. And one that we just went through all of our different scenarios. Like, what is the next stage for that? Because, you know, it's like the Howard Stern show. There's only one Howard Stern. So he's got to do that. I don't have to be the host for the thoughtful entrepreneur. I could very easily see where I keep up a pace, where I could produce seven episodes a week, I could do that for quite some more time. But eventually, yeah. So a founder of a company needs to only do what the founder of the company could do. And they should really be actively delegating everything else. So Michael Gerber e-myth stuff, right?
0: Is there an end game in terms of like client roster size or in monthly revenue? Like where are you trying to take this thing? Well, it's definitely seven figures a
1: month or more. That's our objective. And really that is just a metric of the impact that we want to have. I know, Nick, that if I don't do the work that I do, I know that business owners suffer. I know that they will either not get the attention that they should. They will stagnate in business if they don't get the visibility. I know that they might be in a position where they end up paying a ridiculous sum of money to a PR firm because they think that that's what they're supposed to do. But unfortunately, the PR industry has not evolved to our current culture. And so that urgency puts me in a position where I feel like I have to do what I do. I have no I have no choice in it.
0: Yeah, and you can tell. you, You can hear the energy in your voice behind it. Because to me... Having three days a week stacked up with 15 interviews, like that sounds just draining. (laughs) I know, right, right, right. It's like, I love doing the show, right? But it's like that level of production and that level of hustle, like doesn't necessarily appeal to me, but I can hear where you're coming from and where you want to, that was the source of that question. Like, where do you want to take this thing?
1: That is, and it's
0: the why. The why will
1: absolutely give us way more motivation in the end than the money will. Yeah. You know, I haven't done seven figures a a month, but I've done six figures a month, and it's fun. It's cool. (laughs) Sure. Like, I want that for everybody. But you're right. At the end of that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm exhausted. I really am. And I also recognize, too, here's another thing that motivates me is I recognize that this is a season. I'm in a season where I have to build out and improve and perfect this system. And right now, like, our biggest challenge that we're working on right now is follow-ups. So, you know, is really mastering, having a masterful follow-up system. We're really good on the front end, really good. The the follow-up we do just okay. Like there's still room for improvement. I figured that's probably still gonna take me a couple more months so i'm hoping that by 2020 you'll you'll hear some other voices maybe either hosting the thoughtful entrepreneur or maybe we scale the thoughtful entrepreneur back down to 3 episodes a week and that one's me and we start another one that's just for agency owners and we start one that's the thoughtful whatever whatever brand we choose
0: yeah i see it working in a lot of different kind of service verticals for example i just i just talked to the aquarium maintenance guy and he's like well It turns out a lot of my target customers or a lot of my customers historically have been dentist offices. So it's like, well, could I start a podcast that interviews dentists or orthodontists or something like that? I have an Amazon ads business. So maybe I'll start a show interviewing authors. Oh, by the way, if you need help with your Amazon ads, this is what I do. Like I see it working in a ton of different areas. Yeah. I'm curious, have you ever gotten the feedback from a guest or otherwise that like this is somehow non, I don't know if that's the right word, like ingenuine. The whole podcast was just a ruse. Like it was a sneaky way to get me on a sales call.
1: Mm, so far, no. And, and I'll be honest, Nick, like that's the thing that honestly, that frightens me. And because that frightens me of being accused of being disingenuous, I really lean the other direction. Like if I mention anything that's more self-serving, or what they might decide that they might want to buy something from me, I'm really low-key on it. I always like, totally your call, just you let me know, totally up to you. Like, I, I really want them to know I'm going to promote you regardless. It's just my job to serve my audience. But hey, if there's a way that we could work together, and Nick, I'll listen, there have been a lot of people that I, I can tell you now, there's at least five to six people that I've interviewed just in the past few months alone, I'm now buying their services. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean that happens. It's it's like just two people meeting and they're like, "Huh, I wonder if there's something we could do together." And that's that's really it. I don't need them to buy my thing. So at this point it's just it's just exploring relationships. And if they buy, great. If they don't, that's great too. I'm happy to make a connection and and even if they don't, Nick, I get referrals all the time. It's really about my goal is I just want everybody to know what I do. And it either it's for them or maybe sometime in the future, they might have a client or a, an associate who's like, man, I wish I could get media. I know a guy. He interviewed me for his podcast. And so that's it. Like I said, I'm totally happy with 20%. Listen, at the numbers I shared earlier, I'm happy with like 2%. I mean, it's still wildly profitable.
0: Sure, sure. Sure. Yeah. It goes back to what you said about creating a speed dating environment. I think that was one of the most powerful sound bites because it's like the limiting factor for a lot of freelancers, consultants, agencies is just the conversation factor. Like how many people are you talking to? How many people know what you offer into the world? And it's like, here is a really interesting way to accelerate that. And I think it works in part because you're very good at what you do. You've laid the ground game at uh, my influence and all the social channels to say like, oh, This guy actually does deliver results on what he's talking about. And so it's like, maybe not for that person who's like brand new in business. Hey, I'm starting a web design business, but you gotta have a little bit of a portfolio to be able to show off to somebody. And and that's, I think, a big influence on the closing rate.
1: Yeah, or work pro bono for a while until you build up that success. You should really do that. And, you know, acquire testimonials. Nick, one thing I wanted to mention too, podcasting, by the way, that's just what works for me. You could do anything. You could give away anything. As long as, here's what you want. You want to evoke a response where it's like, yeah, totally. And by the way, like I said, white papers, you got to be honest about that. What you think is valuable, is it really going to be something that's going to be a no-brainer for somebody? So it needs to be like hundreds of dollars of value, like legit with no You're not going to try and back end and trick them into anything like that. You have to legitimately, seriously just give freely. It might be just like, I'm just going to feature you on my social media. I have a big Twitter following. I, I I share videos on LinkedIn, whatever it might be. All of that stuff, promotion, I like. I think promoting other people is a great thing to give away because it doesn't really cost that much. So I'm a big fan of that. I think that introductions are also things that you can do that don't really cost you anything if you consider yourself like a professional networker. But giving away digital products, probably not going to work out real well.
0: Acts of service, generally, I find work the best. Well, upmyinfluence.com. Check Josh out over there. Take the authority quiz at upmyinfluence.com slash quiz. I scored really well on some of these and not so good on some others. I was like, yeah, I actually don't have a media kit or whatever the question was about that. So get your authority score over there. See everything that Josh is up to. Really appreciate you joining me and taking us behind the scenes on this kind of uh, innovative prospecting slash podcasting effort. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. My number one
1: tip for Side Hustle Nation, I'm just going to sum this up. If you didn't get this message already in this in this interview, that is, is just start giving things away. Seriously, give away what other people charge money for. Give value. Don't ask for anything in return. Be generous in everything that you do. Don't trick people into opting in. Don't trick people into your tripwire. Don't trick people into buying your thing. I'm telling you right now, if you think that that doesn't work today, watch out what's going to happen two to three years from now. It's really not going to work very well. You are not one sales funnel away from riches. If you can build an authentic relationship of generosity with thousands of people, then you have not just created a business for yourself.
0: You have created a legacy. Love it. Josh, thanks so much, man. We'll uh, catch up soon. All right, my top three takeaways from this call with Josh. Number one is foundation first. And by that, I mean to think about your online presence, your digital footprint, the first impression you're gonna make if somebody Googles you. For Josh, it looks pretty good. It's pretty impressive, which definitely gives him an advantage versus somebody else brand new starting out with the same tactic that we talked about. But you can take ownership of your social profiles, of your own website, and begin to build those out following a similar structure or a structure that may be more common in your niche. And while you can absolutely land clients and earn business without the type of public facing, call it infrastructure that Josh has, I think it's worth thinking about from a client's perspective. What trust signals are they seeing or not seeing? Of course, it's going to be harder at the beginning. Everything is. And I really liked Josh's call to create a speed dating environment. That was a really important nugget for me, but I'll actually add a qualifier to it. Create a speed dating environment with your target prospects. It's no use to roll up to a networking event if your ideal clients aren't in that room. Now, Josh shared some ways that he selects his clients through LinkedIn and through local area searches, and I think you can do the same thing. And then he started out with an interesting, compelling, and probably flattering ask. It breaks through the clutter, and it doesn't have to be a podcast, but man, I'm impressed with the results and the responses that Josh is seeing from that tactic. The closest thing I have to compare to was my door-to-door cold calling in my whole painting business. But my offer, hey, I'd love to come by this weekend and give you a free estimate, wasn't nearly as compelling. Or maybe actually uh, displaying at the Seattle Home Show was more like speed dating as hundreds and hundreds of people walk past our booth over the course of the, the few days we were there. But this is where your entrepreneurial creativity comes in. You may already know who your target customer is. You may already know where to find them. It may just be a matter of coming up with that cool give first hook. That was takeaway number two for me to create a speed dating environment. And takeaway number three is that the thing you offer should match what your prospect ultimately wants to see. This was another important soundbite and it goes, I think far beyond just freelancing or consulting. This is going to dictate how you write blog posts, how you write sales copy, how you write product descriptions, what lead magnets you create How can you align your product or service or website with what your prospect ultimately wants to see? That's really powerful. And that's one reason I ask people in my annual survey what their near and longer term goals are. What do they ultimately want to see? I ask people to tell me in their own words. For some people, it's a specific monetary goal. For others, it's to be their own boss. For others, it's to simply take that first step. And knowing that is immensely valuable because it gives me something specific to work toward. How can I best guide people toward those milestones that they've told me? The thing you offer should match what your prospect ultimately wants to see. That's takeaway number three from this exciting and hopefully thought-provoking episode with Josh Elledge from upmyinfluence.com. I know Josh dropped a bunch of resources on us. A couple of those were definitely new to me, so I've linked those up for you over on the show notes page for this episode at sidehustlenation.com slash Josh. There you'll also find the full text summary with all of Josh's top tips from the call. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show, where you'll meet the woman who transitioned from doing hardwood flooring estimates in person into a $20,000 a month online business. I'll see you then. Hustle on. We'll be right back. back.